Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 295. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got some good stuff to get into. Should we uh, kick things off with the NBA? Yeah, uh, I don't know if these are good stories, some some bad stories. I mean, we're we're uh, into the second week, and it's still a weird season. But I think relax; it's it's a long season. I think a lot of old people don't want to try hard, so then a lot of these younger teams are doing well. I think it's kind of the story here. But I mean, Utah is still six and two. Um, crazy. I don't know. There's other teams that were supposed to be bad that have been good, but yeah, then, like Portland is, I think, yeah. five and one or something like that. Also five and two, I believe. And then on the know. other end, the two worst teams are Detroit and Houston, which were the two worst teams last year. So, or, or the, all right, they were competitive, competing for the two worst teams last year. Um, yeah, so Orlando's down there as well. Orlando's yes, one and, and Orlando's six. bad too. So, so those are three teams you expected to be bad this year that have actually held true through almost ten games so far this season. Yeah, but then of course you have uh, the Lakers. They won in one and five. Um, the Clippers are only three and four. Golden State's only three and four. Uh, some other teams that have been disappointing. Brooklyn, who um, yeah, let's just go to Brooklyn right now. Uh, crazy week for the team there. Um, you know, first off, they have Ben Simmons. You don't know where you're going to get out of him. He's not even averaging ten a game. Um, but the good news for them was like, well. Kyrie's playing and he's not really a distraction right now and he's, he's scoring points. So that's good. I mean, Ben Simmons maybe took the heat off him and he's not going to be weird. Um, and then Kyrie got weird again and um, made some further anti-Semitic statements, tweeted out a, a recommendation for an anti-Semitic movie. And then I don't know. It's just, they, I don't know what you do about it. Like you just you let it go. You just keep, keep moving on. Um, one of the, one of the problems with it is, they're playing in Brooklyn. That's like historically one of the biggest areas for Jews in the entire world. Uh, it's not the place you want to be anti-Semitic. If he's playing for the Thunder, he'd be <laughs> getting more deals, more endorsement deals. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I think some of that has to do with him with like Kanye West and stuff like that, I believe, right? Yeah, I know it's Kanye, all related to that. Yeah. I know Kanye West posted something on his Instagram, I think just yesterday, that was a photo of Kyrie Irving and all this data said was, there's still some real ones out there. And it's like, I don't know. And then I actually saw a little funny thing where uh, at the end of every week, one website will post their NFL power rankings, but they do it in a funny way where they also just put random stuff. And one thing in their power rankings was Duke educations that actually made you dumber. And it was just a picture of Kyrie Irving. He didn't go to class. I was just going to say, we all, he didn't even play for the team that year. He was there for 10 weeks or something. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk about the Kanye part of it. It's just a basketball issue here. Um, he's still playing. Some people don't want to be, be playing, but he's playing. I think he played well in their last game. Um, but, uh, the other big news for them is they, they decided to fire Steve Nash today. Um, that he's already lost the team. He lost the team in August when Kevin Durant said, fire this guy. I personally um, think he lost the team when he was drafted. I mean, he was yeah. honestly, and I say that because when he was drafted I'm, in 1996. No, I, I, I know draft was the wrong word. So I'm going to say when he was hired. Yeah. Because I remember it was a big deal when he got hired because there was a lot of people that were upset because they said there was better candidates out there. And especially for a position like that to coach that team that had that superstar talent. And when Nash got it, it turned a lot of people the, the wrong way. And I think he was honestly at a, little unfair of an advantage from the beginning and then he obviously didn't pan out with them and obviously had no respect from this team and that's why they were underperforming and now we'll see what happens they actually are playing the chicago bulls right now so we'll see how their first game without him is but and what's crazy about that steve nash thing is they had kenny atkinson who's a good coach uh sought after coach this year i believe he was hired as a head coach and then he decided not to take the job in this offseason um but basically the story there was like oh Kyrie and kd uh, got Atkinson fired and that they wanted Steve Nash because he was a recent superstar player and he'd connect with them. Obviously that didn't work out. Um, but the, now the second half of this Steve Nash being fired story is uh, the rumor is, is they're bringing Ime Yodoka in as head coach. Um, Yodoka is still under contract with the Celtics, but the Celtics would be happy to let him go. They're happy with uh, Joe Mazzulla so far in the early season. Uh, that was always the story was that, 
the Celtics would fire him. They just don't want to pay him, so they're not going to fire him. They're going to like let the clock run out and see what happens. Um, Yudoka was uh, an assistant with the Nets two years ago, and so he already has a relationship with um, a lot of these players. But you're already dealing with Kyrie, and you're already dealing with Ben Simmons. Now you're adding the Yudoka mess into this. I mean, it's. I don't think there's any criminal um, liability or charges or anything stemming from that, but it is not a good look. The guy did get suspended from his job for um, improper behavior, which is not even public yet. Uh, We don't even know what the extent of it was, uh, but the Nets decided, yeah, we're making this move. And um, I guess it's kind of like if you already have like four scandals going on, why not add a fifth? If it's going to help you on the court, uh, maybe it will. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a bad look, but you know, they're desperate. I think they're three and five or something so far. So. And yeah. And even that though, is they've, they're not even doing well against bad teams also. Like there's, there was actually a stat that said Brooklyn in their last 46 home games are 10 and 36 against the spread. Doesn't mean that they've lost those games, but it means that they've been probably big. They don't win by the margin, you know, Vegas or, you know, thinks they should be winning by. So they're not meeting their expectations is basically what that is more so indicating. But yeah, we'll see what happens. New coach for at least the time being until they get their real coach. And we'll see what happens. I mean, guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are very vocal. And I think like if there was, you know, some in-house issues that, you know, they got up taken care of, I guess now with it was, I don't think they really ever cared for Nash to be the guy there. So. Well, I think part of the story, as I said, Steve Nash has wanted to leave too. That he yeah, he probably felt he, uncomfortable there. Steve Nash yeah, needed he, to go to a team like a young team, like Houston or the Thunder, someone who like when these young guys look at him and it's like, oh my god, Steve Nash is here. That's our coach. That's awesome. Instead of these guys that are like, we played against you four years ago, dude. We don't respect you. Yeah, I mean, you respect his game. He's a Hall of Famer, but a future Hall of Famer, but still, like these, it's different for these guys. These guys need like an older figure to come in and. You know, have somebody it's, at the end of the day, they need someone they respect and they never respected Steve Nash. But uh, speaking of a sort of a similar story with the uh, Udoku, we've got another we got an incident in uh, San Antonio that came out this past week when 19 year old Josh Primo of the San Antonio Spurs was released and it was for. What was exactly what it was? I know it was a... Well, I don't even know if we know for certain, but when it happened, no one knew what was going on, which is very surprising for like a young player to just be outright released. Yeah, I I saw that uh, Wojnowski, Um, who's the big NBA inside uh, guy, tweeted out and was just like, that is ridiculous. I can't believe they're just getting rid of him. He's a good young talent. And then you find out what happened. Especially because, you know, obviously other players have done bad things and stayed on rosters even if they were going to be suspended they stayed on rosters like like miles bridges is just not even i don't even know what's going on with miles bridges if he was ever formally suspended but he's just not playing but he's still on the team i think or at least they still have his rights um the the story with primo is they're saying that he has um a pattern of exposing himself to women including team employees that's that's the story that's out now um and so the Spurs acted quickly. Once it was like, oh, this is not a Deshaun Watson situation. This is a workplace HR violation on top of that. So, And now is this a situation where he's actually going up to these ladies' offices and stuff and it was, taking his yeah, junk out? Yeah, it was like it a like team psychologist. text messages and stuff? Is it no, like it was, like, it was in or person, I believe. Okay. But I mean, we don't, know, we don't know the whole thing, extent of it. Of course not. Um, I mean, when, when he was released immediately, people were like, he must have murdered someone or something. <laughs> Um, but I don't even know if that would get someone released so quickly. I think it was just kind of like, we can't have this guy yeah, um, be in the uh, the office anymore. When I believe comes- it was, uh, they were on the road and he was in a hotel room and invited someone up and like exposed himself or something. That That's one of the stories. Um, it's crazy. He's 19 years old. He was the youngest player in the NBA last year, still might be the youngest player now. Um, it was a surprise when they drafted him, but the Spurs you know, saw something and the Spurs are good at drafting. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what's going yes. on with, with this kid. Is it's the Spurs are in a place where they can just let someone go and kind of move on. Um, but like, yeah, get help. I don't know what's going on. There was some rumor that like, well, you know, sometimes people that are commit sexual 
misdeeds have been abused themselves and you don't know what his past is. And, um, you know, I'd hope he's 19 that, you know, maybe he's going to be a great story when he's 25, he's going to be back in the NBA. Um, we've had stories like that of people who were out of the league for a while and and made a comeback. Um, Mike Vick, it's a good one right there. Um, but yeah, he just, he's so young. You think like 19 is like, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Um, but this is, yeah, it's bad, but. I don't know. It's probably a story we'll hear more uh, from over the next few months, and then it'll go away. And then, yeah, maybe yeah, in twenty 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 eight, we'll be like, "Hey, remember that guy? He's back." He'll be playing in like Europe, where they're okay with people being <laughs> naked all over the place. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so I think the, that does it for our NBA chatter. Yeah, I think so. so. We'll move it over to the World Series. Yep, we got the game three of the World Series is this evening, and the series is tied one apiece. Game one was a very exciting game on Friday night. Yeah, if you watched it, I think most people are like, ah, this is over. Yeah, it was 5 0 Houston in the second inning. They put up a five spot, and then Philly just did what it seems like they've done this World Series, and that was just get hot, not give up. And they ended up coming back, tying the game, and then Nick Castellanos. One of our fan favorites here on the podcast made a diving catch. And I believe the bottom of the ninth or bottom of the 10th, bottom of the ninth, that to save the game, it would have been a walk-off single. He makes a diving catch, goes into extra innings. And then in the top of the 10th, uh, JT Real Muto hits a go-ahead solo home run that ended up being the difference. They stole game one and then game two, Houston came out, looked good again and stole that one from them. And now we go to Philly for three games starting this evening in a 1-1 series. So it's been a good World Series so far. I think I, I think it's going to at least go six games, and I could truthfully see the series going seven. You know, I really could. Yeah, Philly's going to win one here at home at least. Um, yeah, I don't know what Major League Baseball is rooting for because their schedule got thrown off with the uh, la- the game was supposed to be last night, game three, and uh, now we've got uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which we would assume Friday off, and then you got Saturday and Sunday to wrap it up. Baseball wants no part of football. They they are afraid of going against the NFL. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. What is the Sunday night game this week? I think it's NFL? shit. I think it's um, I think it's Rams Bucks, okay. which are like, oh, this is going to be a great game. And then it, it just... would have been. <laughs> it was yeah. supposed to be. It was the rematch of the NFC Championship. Not quite. Is it not? <laughs> oh, okay. the, the Niners division series. Yeah, the Niners. Uh, oh no! It's oh not. no! That's the one o'clock. Oh, Titans Chiefs. So that is actual shit. No, those are two five and two teams right there. You watch your mouth. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, if Malik Willis is playing, I think the Chiefs will win by forty points. But was it Malik Willis? Is that their quarterback? That's who played last week. We'll we'll get to. It. We're spoiling. We're spoiling future talk here. Um, okay. But yeah, baseball. <laughs> I don't know what the. Let me see. Let me confirm. Should be good. What their schedule? Yeah, they is. could have switched things around actually. Oh yeah, they did skip it, so it wouldn't be Sunday. No, like I said, it would be. <laughs> Yeah, so Saturday and Sunday would be game six and seven. Um, yeah. Will people skip the World Series to see Patrick Mahomes for the 90th time on primetime? Against Derrick Probably. Henry? I don't know. Yeah. All righty, though. We got moving on. Should we talk about some college? Absolutely, because should we lead it off with the, the rankings before we get into well, the... Well, I'll just do a quick recap. Uh, basically, none of the top teams uh, lost. Uh, the, the highest ranked team that lost was Oklahoma State, and they lost. They yeah. got beat 48 to nothing. I don't even know how it's possible for a top team and to not And that dropped score. them all the way down. Yeah, <laughs> so they are um, in the new rankings, which... Are the ones that are, matter. Yeah, they are all the way down to 18th, and they, they deserve it. So they lost to Kansas State, who uh, moved up to 13th. So, you know, a good, solid team, but... You should not be losing 48 to nothing. I don't know what happened there. They were seemed like the favorite in that conference, but that is a messy conference right now. Um, yeah, who's, who else is even ranked? Texas, three losses. Oklahoma State, two losses. Kansas State, two losses. Yeah. Okay. And TCU is uh, – oh, TCU is still undefeated. That's pretty good. But This is exciting, though, here because – But uh, what, it, else, what else did I have here on the recap uh, before we get to the rankings? Um, yeah, not much. Uh, the, other, the other probably notable thing – uh, Wake Forest and Syracuse lost to uh, all the better ACC teams. Why does that matter? Uh, it matters for Clemson's strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff. If, if it, it turns out there's no really good team to compete with Clemson in that conference, that's going to be uh, harder for them. Um, 
Although, you know, they just got to go undefeated yeah, and they'll, they'll be in. But I'm saying if they do pick up a loss here and it's like, oh, what are your what are your best wins is you beat Syracuse by six? That's like not going to be. And Wake uh, Forest by like three or six yeah. also. So they it, it's in their interest for um, Syracuse and Wake Forest to have good records. So um, that's why I think that's notable that they lost there. Um, yeah, so the rankings. The first real rankings. This is the the committee for the college football playoff here. And as we know, this year is the first season where eight teams make the playoffs, not just four. So this actually makes it really exciting. So, do you want to go from eight to one or one to eight? How do we? Want I think to do start this? start from the top here, okay? Um, because I think it's the most interesting thing is that uh, Tennessee is number one. So obviously Tennessee has the best win on the season, and that's why they're getting rewarded here. Um, will Tennessee? Finish the season number one. I think they're being set up to fail, as Tony <laughs> just pointed out to me. They got Georgia this week. In so Georgia. I don't think they are going to go undefeated. Um, if they win this game next week, they probably will because it's a, a softer schedule to to last. But then they will have a uh, title game, which now, is a rematch with Alabama most he- likely. He- right? Hear me out here for a moment. Tennessee number one. Okay, and like you said, they had the best win. But this obviously is good for them because now they go to number three, Georgia. I feel like even if they lose to number three, Georgia, by let's say it's 34 to 17. Going from one, you lose to number three on the road. I don't think that's enough to knock you out of the top eight. I think they'd have to lose by like five or six touchdowns. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, so I, I'm, 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 though, I'm still stuck in top four mode. But yeah, they, they will still have a very good shot at the, at the playoff. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. if... Uh, Damn, Bryce yeah. Harper. Okay. Yeah, as we're watching, they, we got the game on here. Bryce Harper just hit a two-run home run. So Philadelphia Phillies are up 2-0 in the first inning in game three. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do all these like weird scenarios. If Tennessee loses Georgia, then Georgia will be in the title game most likely if Georgia wins out, which they probably will. And therefore, Tennessee will have another opportunity to win another game. But that might help because – then they'll just have that one loss most likely. And this is the weird math we have to do with college football sometimes. Um, but yeah, I don't think Tennessee is going to finish number one when we uh, end these rankings. Uh, but let's go, let's move on to number two, Ohio state. I don't know the difference between Ohio state and Georgia is right now. I don't think it's very uh, significant, but Georgia, Georgia's number one. They're uh, the defending champions. So that's why they are number one in the AP, but here in the college football rankings, they are only three. Uh, but yeah, still some big games uh, left. Uh, here's the the big, the next big surprise to me is uh, Clemson's at number four uh, over Michigan, who's number five. Um, I don't know. I guess Michigan really hasn't played a great schedule so far, but they're taking care of business every time they get out there. Clemson's played a lot of closer games. I don't, I don't get this one other than it's like, what does it matter? Michigan, Michigan is going to either beat Ohio State or not, and that's kind of what's left on their schedule. I do think they play Illinois. Yeah, November nineteenth, they play Illinois, who's who's been actually pretty good this year, um, but they should handle that. So they got two easy games: Rutgers and Nebraska coming up, uh, and then last two games: Illinois and then at Ohio State, which um, always interesting game, even when it's a blowout. Uh, where are the rankings here? Uh, the next up, Alabama, not a surprise, and then seventh uh, TCU. Last undefeated team. Kind of a surprise, team. I feel like. Last undefeated team, they, they earned the spots, but... No, I'm saying, like, just the season, this point in the season. Oh, yeah. There, that's yeah. the surprise. Not that they're ranked number seven, but just that, you know, before the season, you wouldn't... I don't think you would have expected TCU to be number seven at yeah. this point in the season. They're beating all the teams on their schedule. Yeah, no, they, they've, they're they well-deserved a number seven. They've played some good teams. The Big 12 is never an easy, uh, an easy conference to get through. Yeah, and then the last playoff team here is Oregon. Um, and then right behind them is USC. So we're headed basically towards a whoever wins the Pac-12 will very likely get a, sh- a shot in here and then probably lose right away. So whether that's like they could be up to six, maybe eight, but I think whoever wins up winning the conference, uh, USC and UCLA play each other in a couple weeks, and that'll probably be the, ra- the race for the uh, Pac-12 South, which means... For UCLA, a rematch against Oregon, most likely. In Which USC. could be. Hey, UCLA beats USC and Oregon. You never know. That might sneak them in. I mean, they definitely. If UCLA wins out, beat USC, and then wins against Oregon in the uh, title title game, they will definitely be in the playoff. They could be all the way and up to I believe six the or U- something. I believe the USC um, game is at home, and then the Oregon game would be at 
neutral field, neutral. which is usually where is that usually? At they Stanford? usually play uh, no, they usually play at a Niners stadium, but they they've moved it around. The they played at the Raiders um, stadium a couple times, even though it's not like in Vegas. Yeah, even though it's not a pactual school, they I think they played there. Uh, they might as well because it's still in the the West here. Um, but yeah, I mean UCLA has to take care of business against the Arizonas too. But this is uh, the type of t- team that uh, blows a game. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> at Arizona State, actually this Saturday could be the one that is the tricky one because. ASU guys always they always come out to play. ASU is always a fiery crowd. I've been to a few ASU games, not in Arizona, but I've had a lot of friends that went there that went to those ASU games. So I know that they, their fans travel and their friends have a good time. So we'll see. Yeah, and then after uh, USC at nine, you got LSU at ten. SEC team. I thought LSU was not eligible. They might not. They might not be. They just might still have them still in, the in the rankings. I thought there is some sort of scandal. I don't know. Um, Ole Miss at 11, and then UCLA at 12 there. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. I think Illinois, there's that's fun that they're 7-1. and one. Tulane. Tulane. Tulane's a Nin- fun one at 19. 19th, yeah. North um, Carolina, I think, is shocks the people. And, uh, I mean, yeah, NC, NC State, Oregon State down there. Yeah, I'm there. trying to compare it to the uh, the AP, what's what's different here. But it's uh, pretty, pretty close to the AP. Um, yeah, almost. I mean, AP has UCLA 10th. I'll take that. LSU looks to be one of the bigger risers because it's SEC schedule. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's college football. Nice. Ready to talk the NFL. Oh, we were born ready to talk about it. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's start with uh, our local teams here. Uh, the Rams were bad again. They, they started their game off pretty well um, against a banged-up 49ers team. Uh, the Rams had their own injury problems, but it looked like the Rams actually were healthier than their opponent this time. Uh, but then the 49ers took over in the second half. Um, Christian McCaffrey was great. Um, one of the only running backs to throw, receive, and run for a touchdown in the game. Um, impressive feat right there. Um, and that's just kind of the all-around player he is. And it looks like uh, the Niners' offense have figured something out for him. That he's a, a great player, but they they – elevate the running backs and they just kind of they go through them like crazy too um they haven't had like an elite talent like this um and we'll actually talk about how they go through running backs a little bit later um but yeah i think i think the niners look good with mccaffrey playing but they are still have all kinds of health problems and i don't think they are a true contender until they are healthier and um i mean I didn't. I didn't think the Niners were going to win. Debo Samuel was out, and it's like oh, that's going to be a big drain on their offense. But um, I think the real story is the Rams are Rams are bad. I think the Rams are just bad. They are bad. They are bad. So, I yes. mean, they let McCaffrey rush one, receive one, and throw one against them. I mean, that's just a great secret weapon. And like you said, that's still without Debo. Once they get Debo, I was listening to something that made a, a good point. They're like, they have a star wide receiver in Debo Samuel that can play running back, and they have a star running back in Christian McCaffrey that can play wide receiver. I mean, they're just going to be able to fool you all over the place. So, should be good. But, uh, yeah, the next local team here, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. What a miserable game. Um, I didn't see this coming. I, I did pick New Orleans because I'm like, people are kind of sleeping on them. Uh, the Raiders were actually favored on the road in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they shouldn't have been because they they got shut out. I pretty much watched that whole game too because I was out at a out watching with a buddy of mine who's a big Raider fan. And at one point, we looked at each other. And I think it was at some point in the fourth quarter, and I kind of looked at him and I was like, "Have the Raiders even crossed midfield yet?" I believe they crossed midfield once. So that was the right thing, before the end of the half. They no, they crossed midfield at the end of the game on their last possession. And it was when they had already yanked car when they got all the way down to like the 30, that was the only time apparently they got into the saints territory. According to what I was, was I was listening to. So that's, that's pretty wild. And I know there was some stuff going on earlier in the week saying that there was a few players on the team that had got the flu. So they had the flu going around in their, in their uh, locker room and stuff. So for whatever that's worth. Okay. I mean, maybe a little drain had to travel, but I don't know. Still, that's uh, pretty bad to play that bad. All right. Yeah, we can move on. Stay with the NFC South here, the Thursday night game. Um, Bucks lost again. They just look like a mess. Tom Brady is now two games under 500. I believe it's the first time ever in his career that he's been two games under 500, which is crazy. But 
I don't know. Like the, the, I saw that the the Bucks defense in the first four games was elite, and the last four games they've been horrible. There was which a, is like was, what is what's going it was on? Truthfully, ever since Patrick Mahomes picked them apart, yeah, it feels like ever since that game was really when Tampa Bay season has gone to absolute shit. Like even when they played the Mahomes, I think that was like week what three or four, and I think they were like two and one or something when they played him. I think it was like week four. Remember how they destroyed the Cowboys week one? And it was like, this defense yeah. is awesome. I mean, they did lose. And they uh, snuck by New Orleans, I think, week two. Yeah, they lost Shaq Barrett for the year. Um, that was a big loss, best pass rusher. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This team is a mess. Um, and the whole division is a mess, uh, which leads us to our next game. Yeah, I'd like to talk about this one. <laughs> All right, you can go ahead. So I, this is the one of the games that nobody would have thought was going to be an exciting game. It's Panthers. It's Falcons. And it it ended up being probably probably the most exciting game of the season so far. And what happened in the game was you had the Carolina Panthers got the ball back down by six. Falcons actually had the ball on a third and like five. They hand the ball off. They get a first down games over. They would have been able to knee it. They get stopped. They kick the field goal. They leave about, I don't know, a minute, a little less than a minute on the clock. Panthers go down the field. Or actually, not even really down the field. The Panthers were at like their own 30 or something. Own 30, 35. And with about 30 seconds left, 20 seconds left, their fifth string quarterback, PJ Walker, bombs it. it. Just not even, it wasn't a Hail Mary. It was just a straight up just bomb. Perfect throw. The receiver on Carolina catches it. Touchdown. And they said actually that it ended up being like a 67 yard touchdown pass or something like that. They said that ball was 67 yards in the air when it landed. And they said that's actually the best throw during like their stat cast or whatever era that a ball has been recorded being in the air, like that far of a throw, like with airtime. Because, you know, guys complete pass all the time, but for it being actually in the air, 67 yards, which is just insane. And Carolina's receiver, DJ Moore, got so excited, he took off his helmet, which is a no-no because that ends up being an unsportsmanlike conduct, 15-yard penalty, and that gets enforced on the extra point. And the extra point these days is already from 32 yards. So now this extra point is a 47-yard extra point, which by no means is a chip shot. For some kickers it is, but not for the Carolina kicker, Pinheiro. And he goes and he kicks it and he misses. So the game goes into overtime. So an important part about that penalty is that a bunch of refs have come out and said, Actually, the penalty was incorrectly called because Moore did not take his helmet off until he left the field of play. Oh, and so they said they shouldn't have actually flagged him on there because he he went out of the back of the end zone. If he had went out the sideline, took his helmet mm-hmm. off, absolutely never, no one would ever call one. Mm-hmm. But because it was back of the end zone, the refs kind of they got see it confused, still, yeah. and yeah, it just it was a bad call leading to a bad result there. And then so then yeah, we ended up in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, we end up in overtime, and in overtime, Atlanta gets the ball first and actually throws an interception. So Carolina now has the ball. I think they got that ball at like the 25 or something, too. They were already in position to kick a game-winning field goal. They hand the ball off a couple times. So now they're set up for about a 31-yard field goal or so. This is for the win, the chance for the kicker to redeem himself, and he misses again. And it ends up leading to Atlanta driving the field, and then Atlanta's kicker has like a 43-yarder for the win, and Young Hoo is one of the better kickers in the league. He drills it. They end up getting the victory. And, you know, we could see, and I, I think in that situation with that kicker, I mean, it's a bummer for him because a lot of people are blaming. I've seen a lot of things go both ways. Obviously, people blame the kicker because, he, you know, he was the kicker. But then a lot of people blame DJ Moore saying, oh, if he didn't take off his helmet, he probably would have made the extra point because what happened was that extra point was so far away that it wasn't a chip shot and he misses. And then I think what happened in overtime was the pressure it got to him because now he's sitting there overthinking in his head. Oh my gosh, this is like a little field goal. I have to make this and you overthink it. And then you just get in shambles and you see that stuff happen all the time with kickers. They just get in their own heads and then it just ends up being a disaster. And he did and he missed it. And then, you know, they lose the game, but it was just wild up and down game. I think that game that you, you won your team won in the first week, uh, the guy missed the extra point, And then I think he missed one in overtime. Yeah, too. The ex- his extra point got blocked to, yeah. which would have won the game. And then, yeah, same thing in overtime. He missed a 40 something yarder with for Evan McPherson is a chip shot for him. So yeah, no, it definitely gets in their heads and 
I think Justin Tucker might be the only kicker who probably wouldn't let it get in his head. I don't know, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the crazy thing is the Panthers were two and five heading into this game. If they had won, and they should have won, they would have been all by themselves in first. first place. They would have been not all by themselves in first, but, but they would have been. Breaker, yeah. They would have been in actual first if you were to look at the newspaper tomorrow because of yes, the tiebreakers. They would have beaten the the Buccaneers, the it Falcons. Four way tie, and, three and five, four way tie, yeah, which is insane. Um, which in, yeah, we're just shitting on Tom Brady and the Bucks. They're only a game back of first. And yeah, they're very lucky. The first place team division. is is Atlanta, and, who's not great. So. You know what's funny? Hear me out on this. Is this is a situation this season where Buccaneers could win that division with an eight and nine record, and they could play at home in the first round. I feel like because they'll get to be home because they win the division. They most likely play the Cowboys. Who I was that's what I was going to say. They'll play some team like the Cowboys or Giants that maybe win 10, 11 games. And because they're at home, because it's Tom Brady, he'll find a way to win. That, that just seems what happens. The next thing you know, you're going to blink. And Tom Brady's going to be in the division series, and you're just going to be like, why? This wasn't a team that didn't even deserve to make the playoffs, let alone be in the second round. So, And you see stuff like that all the time. I mean, you saw it with uh, – remember the Seattle Seahawks all those years ago when they won their division at like 6-10 mm-hmm. and 10 or whatever it was and played the Saints in the first round, and they got to be at home, and that's when Marshawn Lynch had his famous run where he broke all those tackles for like 60-plus yards and then grabbed his nuts as he jumped into the end zone. <laughs> That was fun times. But what do we got next? Up next, uh, the Dolphins with uh, Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just keep putting up big offensive numbers. That It shows you how important good receivers are, the Dolphins. Uh, we didn't know what Tua was going to be. A lot of people are thinking he's going to get benched this year and his career will be over as a starting quarterback. But uh, he has the best numbers of any QB. If he doesn't get hurt and miss those weeks – He's definitely at, at the top of the leaderboards. He's uh, top in passer rating, I believe. Um, Tyree Kill, I think, leading the league in receiving by like 200 plus yards or something. Um, just what a, what a great move that ended up being for the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins haven't uh, stopped making deals. We'll get to that later when we do our uh, trade deadline recap. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy that a lot of people are leaving Tua for dead, and it's just his whole career is different now. Um, I'm not sure he's now a top 10 guy or anything, but uh, it makes a big difference having, you know, Tyreek Hill. And then you have your second is Jalen Waddle, who's just as fast, maybe. It's just, you know, good for him. Um, Vikings and Cowboys both got the six wins this weekend. I don't know how impressed I am with any of these teams. The Vikings, six and one, but I feel like they're every game they play, it's reasonable, like it's close. Um, but you got to give them credit. They're, they're winning winning games. They have a good offense. I think. <laughs> they definitely have good offensive players. But I don't know. They're a very unimpressive 6-1 and one team. Um, yet they're 6-1, and one, and their only loss is to the Eagles, who are 7-0. and oh. So, um, And it wasn't close for the Vikings there. So I don't know if that's going to be the NFC Championship game. Eagles should win that again. But, yeah, long season. Teams get different over the course of the year. But... Yeah, the Eagles were really good again. Um, I don't know. They're just a well-run team. They do everything well. And- yeah, they do. They're uh, they're fun to watch. And they're. I'm excited for when they get to yeah. play Dallas again. I think that'll be yeah. a fun one. Um, and got to see them play the Giants finally. I mean, the Giants Giants did lose um, finally. But, yeah, was- but I do want to see the Giants take on like a really top-tier team. So just to see if they hang in there or get blown yeah. out or what the deal is. Yeah. But the and Eagles... Did- yeah, the other part of the Eagles is like that A.J. Brown trade looks just so oh, it's magnificent so far. Yeah, that's you should do it. Um, so we just talked about Tyree Kill. It's like if you have that opportunity, you should do that. You should go and acquire the top-tier wide receiver. It seems to work. Um, I guess it didn't work for Devontae Adams, but um, I don't know. He got sick, and he's a little bit older. And uh, the Eagles play this Thursday, I believe, against Houston. So they were making yeah. a funny thing about that, how – Philly-Houston. Yeah, it's Philly-Houston on Thursday for football and Philly-Houston on Thursday for baseball. But I think the baseball one is going to be a closer game just by slight. Yeah, a lot of jokes about how, you know, Al Michaels should be allowed to get drunk during the game. (laughs) It's like they just keep giving them shit games. I mean, they had to know. Thursday has always been like that historically, though. But They'll give you a random good division game and that's it. Like if you happen to have a team that has two good division teams in it, like maybe you get a Dallas and Eagles on Thursday. But it's typically it is. It's. Jaguars, Houston, it's Tennessee and yeah. Indianapolis. Well, I mean, the you first, get those games. The first Thursday night game, because the first game that was on Thursday night it's didn't count. Because it's the Super Bowl winner. Yeah. 
but the, the, it's not on. It's not part of the Thursday night package. It's a it's NBC, yeah. right? But the first Thursday night game this year was Chargers Chiefs, and it was a good game. The Chargers looked really good, and it was a good, tough division game. It, it killed me inside. Um, and then all the games have been shit since. It also the Chargers season died that night. <laughs> so did um, so did Andy. I think yeah. a little bit. Who knows? I'm in an alternate reality where I'm actually dead. Um, that could be the truth. Okay, I, I have to point something out right now. So this is actually really, really interesting. So Bryce Harper hit a home run in the first inning against Houston to go up 2-0. They panned to Bryce Harper. And then there was two outs when it happened. And they, there was a guy that came up. I forget who was in between them. But the guy that was on deck is Alec Baum. And Bryce Harper called him over and said something to him and was telling him something. And he's just nodding his head. Well, the guy ends up getting out, so this bomb guy gets to lead off the bottom of the second, and he just hit a home run. So it's very interesting that whatever Bryce Harper told him, he obviously listened to, and that's pretty imp- impressive. Yeah. He's like, look, we got a trash can. No one's going to do shit <laughs> because it's Houston. So if you hear the tr- trash can, it's a curveball. So. See, that's why they're actually showing Bryce Harper right now. That'll be interesting to find out later on, like, because they're definitely going to ask him, like, what'd you say to him? Because, fuck. That's that's impressive. That would be great if they're cheating. And they're like, what are you going to fucking do about yeah. it? Yeah. All right. You can't do anything. Sorry. Um, <laughs> where were we in the NFL? Derrick um, Henry. Yeah. So the Indianapolis, wow, the Tennessee Titans. I'm sorry, not Indianapolis. The Tennessee Titans played the Houston Texans this week in Houston without uh, – Tennessee didn't have their star quarterback – not star quarterback, but their, their top quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. And they had their rookie, Malik Willis, who uh, was – out of Liberty, who was a, you know, everybody thought he was actually going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft, but it ended up being uh, Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh. But, you know, a lot of people like him. But what I heard about Willis was in the preseason, he got yanked from a game because I guess it was clear that he actually didn't know the playbook. So that was one of the points of emphasis this week is Vrabel basically said, like, you know, like we're going to mostly just run. And Derrick Henry had 32 carries for 219 rushing yards. And 32 carries, you know, 15 years ago in the NFL, you saw multiple backs get 30-plus carries in a game. In today's NFL, it's very, very rare you see one single back have over 30 carries, sometimes even over 25 carries or something. So Derrick Henry had another 200-yard rush game, and if I heard it correctly, it was his fourth straight game against Houston with 200 rushing yards. That's impressive. And Houston, that's one of those things about Houston. It's like, that's why I lost... That's why it's one of those things why they think uh, Houston is going to get destroyed by Philadelphia this week is because uh, they knew Tennessee was just going to be running and they still ran all over. I mean, uh, Philly is a very good running team, so uh, they should should be an yeah. ugly short week for Philly. So uh, Malik Willis went six for 10 for 50 yards on this game. So Yeah, that's why I saw he only <laughs> threw the ball 10 times. Uh, the other thing that is uh, notable with this Tennessee team so uh, remember they were the number one seed last year in the NFC. Everyone's like, well, this team isn't that good, actually. They lost their first game, and everyone's like, see? And then they went 0-2 this, to start the year. And people were like, look, we knew this team wasn't very good. Um, they won five in a row now, and they're 5-2. and two. They've got a big lead in their uh, division already. They're just going to make the playoffs every year because this division sucks. Um, but they just win games. They find a way. I mean, it helps that you play shit teams like Houston all the time. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're back again. And everyone wants to write off Derrick Henry and be like, hey – if you get 350 carries in a season, you you don't do well the next year. Um, I guess last year he had a nice little break. He missed like the last 10 games, but um, he just keeps putting up yards. Like just keeps going. And it's just like Tony was saying, different NFL now. It's su- surprising. Um, next game we have here, Seattle. We already said the Giants lost. Seattle um, won. It was a close game, tie game in the fourth quarter. Seattle scored two touchdowns at the end. Um, Seattle's just good. They're a good offense. And their defense is playing much better the last few weeks. They're a good team. I don't. I don't know what <laughs> to say about it. They're they're solid. I don't think they're they're not in the tier one of NFL teams, but they're good. I they are I looking good. I don't know how they lost to the Rams. When you look back, like it was like week two or something, they lost to the Rams, and it's like, yeah, the Rams are better. Seattle's well, one of the worst to teams. Slowly but. get a little bit better every week too. I mean, it was impressive yeah. what they did against. Well, it helped last week. I mean, they beat up, they beat the Giants. It's shitty to be like, oh, you lost your starting running back, but they got better. Their backup running back is better. (laughs) Kenneth Walker, the third, is their their future. Maybe, yeah, they just keep finding backs. 
the they, really, they really have always had good backs. It's like had, Sean um, Alexander. The guy to retire. Um, who's the guy? Marshawn Lynch? No, he just retired this year. Uh, Chris Carson. They found uh, him out of nowhere, and he had a good run. Then he had to retire this year. Yeah, and then even Penny, I think, was doing all right at times. Yeah, he, he was doing well, but it's who, been a different. Who did they have between like Sean Alexander and like who was in that break period? Do you know? Do you remember? So I feel like they always did have good you know, running backs. Random people, I don't know. Yeah, you're saying their 2008 team. Who was their starting running back? I wouldn't know. You're gonna look it up. Yeah, I'll take a peek. <laughs> but all right, well, I'm gonna move on. Uh, the Packers lost. No surprise. That game was supposed to be coming into the year. You're like, this is gonna be a great game. Packers, Bills, Sunday Night Football. Um, I think we're lucky it was not horrible. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of was horrible, but uh, the Packers are just not playing well. They don't have receiving talent, um, and their defense is kind of a mess. Um, it could have been much worse. I think it ended up being 27-17 was the final, but you know, not really much of a game here. Um, yeah, they're down 3-5, and five and it's looking worse and worse for them. Um I don't know. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make a comeback here. I think no, they're not. They're not. A, they're not a good team. Um, I think the another home run. Now Phillies hit another home run. This guy, the former Angel. Now good for him. <laughs> so where are we with the Packers? Yeah, the Packers just not good. <laughs> yeah, and then the last game here we have here Monday Night Football. Weird result. Um, the Bengals started. Were they zero two or zero three or something? And they have kind of made oh, a comeback. Oh, and two for sure. They kind of made a comeback here. Oh and, three. and it's like, oh, they're good again. Jamar Chase is playing really well. And then he's out with a hip injury we don't even know about. Some people thought he'd be out for the year. Um, kind of a mystery here. Um, but they played last night without Jamar Chase, and they really missed him because they were. Yeah, because Joe mess. Mixon hasn't been having a good year this year either. So it's. Their offensive line is really bad. Um, they tried to, you know, fix it this, this offseason, but it's still really bad. And the Browns just. They have an efficient offense. The Browns have a really bad defense this year, um, but they held the Bengals to, to 13 without so, Chase. So. I'm going to just do a quick little funny side story here. So producer Luke, as us that know him know that he's very big into the conspiracy theories. And he sent me and a couple other buddies of ours, actually the Wheel Talk guys, so Marty and Sonny, uh, this big conspiracy theory thing about how all pro sports are fake and scripted and all that stuff. Like they talked about how when Kawhi Leonard had that shot against Philadelphia when he was on Toronto that bounced around that it was a magnetic rim, and then that's why it was able to bounce the way it did. The Ringling Brothers or something? So it's stuff like that. If this theory was correct, I wish they would fire the writers because it's just been really painful for me. (laughs) But uh, anyway, they and there was a few other things. And then so I was able to debunk some of them because it was just like, I'm like, Luke, like, come on. Like, it's some of these are just ridiculous. Like, and what happens with a lot of these conspiracy theories is like, they'll show you a video of like a sentence or something or a word that gets said, and then it just gets blown out of proportion. But anyway, the reason I bring this up is because as we talked about at like the start of the month, that this game was the Browns and Bengals was two orange teams. And we're like, oh, that's pretty cool for, for Halloween. Luke texts me yesterday and tells me that because he's like, look, it's two orange teams playing tonight. The NFL is fake. And I'm like, okay, Luke, you think just because there's two orange teams playing on Halloween? I mean, that's substantial proof. Yeah. But I te- I texted him back and I'm like, Luke, you, which he didn't understand. But I'm like, you realize also though, Luke, that the Browns and Bengals play each other twice each season. They're in the same division. Like, it's not like they haven't played each other in like 30 years. And they were like, but- oh. They make a schedule. They make choices. Someone made a choice to have that game be there. It wasn't that can't be a conspiracy. Like <laughs> the Lakers are purple. They play usually on Christmas, so that doesn't God, make any sense. With this. But Ooh, that's dude. why it was just so funny when he said that to me. And I know I mean I know he doesn't listen to these, so I don't care, but I know there was definitely some uh some extracurriculars that were used before that text got sent to me. So you know, we'll just leave it at that. I don't know. Pretty good. Broken brain. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's something. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I just thought, I thought mostly you two would enjoy that little side story. And anyone else out there listening, if you have any other, if you have some conspiracies, feel free to let us know somehow. (laughs) I'm not really a fan of conspiracies anymore. They got less fun. Um, All right. The last thing here we have for the NFL, the trade deadline. Usually nothing happens, but this year we actually got some, some movement here. So, uh, I'm going to start with um, Chase Claypool, unhappy in the st- with the Steelers. Steelers unhappy with him. 
Uh, he's going to the Bears. The Bears needed some I, wide receiver I'll, help. I'll tell you what, the Steelers, they always draft well with receivers. Claypool was solid, but they got George Pickens, and I guarantee, and George Pickens is going to be more talented than Claypool. And Deontay Johnson's, I think, he's better. So I'm okay with out of those three guys, if Claypool is the one to go. Yeah. So the Bears gave up a second rounder for him, which um, also it's good for the Bears. You know, they needed some receiver help. Yeah. Justin Fields, I'd like Justin Fields to, you know, I'd like to see him start doing well. Yeah. So the Bears gave up a second round pick, and interesting enough, they traded their uh, linebacker Roquan Smith to the Ravens for a second round pick. So they. Uh, Basically just swapped Smith for Claypool here. Um, and now um, the Steelers will have to deal with Rokoff Smith as well. Uh, Ravens have had problems with middle linebacker, and this will this will help. Uh, I think he's going to be a free agent after this year, and the Bears are like, he's not interested in signing extension, so we'll just move him now. Because the Bears are actually they're still technically alive. I don't know the three and five. They're not good, but I mean, I mean, honestly, everyone's alive. Minnesota, I think, is also capable though of losing like three out of four. Yeah, I mean, I they were talking about something how Minnesota six and one, but apparently they're according to like statistics and analytics, they're actually only one point better than an average team if they were on like neutral field. So I don't know. Yeah. The next uh, trade here, uh, Bradley Chubb, uh, former fifth overall pick, I believe it was with the Broncos a out few of years Georgia, back, right? Um, yeah, was it? I think he did go yeah. to Georgia. Um, he's going to the Dolphins for a first round pick. Um, so again, Broncos are getting something back for him. Broncos aren't probably going to make the playoffs, and they seem to get better production out of random guys they find uh, to play edge rusher than like their actual big time picks. Um, so I think Chubb's been kind of a disappointment for the Broncos, but they're you know able to get get another first round first rounder back from him. Um, so I saw that the Dolphins have been really active in trades over the last few years. Um, in 2020, they traded out of the number three pick to the Niners and got basically three picks. They got the Niners pick that year and their next two first-round picks. Um, they then used the Niners pick to uh, – they moved up to get Jalen Waddle, which worked out for them. They moved back up in that first round. Um, they traded one of those extra first-rounders for Tyreek Hill. Um, this last offseason. And now uh, this this pick is another one of these 49ers picks uh, going, to, going uh, to the Broncos. So, uh, yeah, they've been very active, and I think they've built a, a nice little team here. Um, but, yeah, they've done some – they did some other uh, interesting things here. Um, as part of the Bradley Chubb deal, they traded their backup running back, Chase Edmonds, who's actually been pretty terrible for him. Um, but then also – they went, and um, I wrote it down wrong here, but um, the 49ers are very happy with Christian McCaffrey, and they traded their former starter, Jeff Wilson, to the Miami Dolphins, who uh, Miami Dolphins' current starter right now is uh, Raheem Mostert, who was also with the 49ers. Um, the Dolphins coach, Mike McDaniel, was the 49ers' offense coordinator the last couple of years. He knows how to get a good running game, and he just went and go. And he likes those guys. He found his 49ers running that, back. You see stuff like that all the time yeah. where guys – go get guys from their former teams and stuff that they like and can work in the system. You got, it's been clear that Miami's thing this year is, is pass. I mean, pass first is definitely their thing. And so it's good to have two backs that complement each other. Well, they've gotten good production out of Mostert. Yeah. yeah. Um, another weird trade here, Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, Calvin Ridley is suspended for the whole year. Um, this doesn't change that. He was suspended for betting on his team. Uh, ironically enough, he bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars last year. <laughs> Should have um, bet on himself to get traded. Yeah. And so the team he bet against is he he's who's going to play you, for next. You know, though, I like I like this move for the Jaguars, though, because, yeah, Ridley got suspended, but it's not like he was fixing games. He was just betting on games because he didn't play in that game. If he had played yeah. in that game, it'd be a he different had, story. He'd he had other issues. He's, he's kind of got some other issues. He had mental he's health older. issues. Too, yeah, he's right? older. That was one of the big things. He didn't he didn't leave for the NFL until he was like 24. Yeah. Um. But it's a low it's a low risk that the trade is structured. Basically, if he plays for him, it goes from like a fifth rounder to a fourth rounder. And if he plays half the season, it goes to a third rounder. And if he is and if the Jaguars give him an extension, then it goes becomes a second rounder. It's some crazy thing that they did a formula for. But I think the, the Falcons were ready to move on. The Falcons drafted a number one receiver this year and drafted a number one tight end the year before. So I think they're set on uh, receiving talent. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see if he actually ever does play. Um, the last big trade here, uh, TJ Hawkinson of the Lions, former top 10 pick, tight end, did not work out with the team. He, 
he was good. He's above average, but just not like a star player. You expect that of a top 10 pick to be um, really productive. Um, he's going to the Vikings, who um, needed an upgrade at tight end because they lost their starting tight end, who's probably like middling to below average, got hurt. So they're um, upgrading at this position. Uh, they're 6-1, and one and they want to be competitive, so they just went out and got a, uh, a difference maker, a, you know, above-average player. I think they traded a second-rounder, so not a whole lot. But um, Detroit's bad. You know, they won it 1-6. and six. They're not going anywhere this year, so why not? I think it's always funny when, like, a team, though, whether they're bad or not, they trade within their division, though. That's always, like, a, a funny thing where it's like, okay, you just made your division better, though. But I, I don't know who cares. Well, no, Lions, not them this year, but yeah, Lions have a long way to go. So I feel I always just feel bad for the Lions because I really do like their coach, and it's like you just see him. Oh, he's not going to last. He's he's the I guy. Know, but set I hope up he goes. I guy. hope he goes somewhere and does something. You know what? Though he looks like where was he before Detroit? I think Miami. Like, has he been in college yet? I don't know. I yeah. feel like he'd be a good college coach because I think Take he's somebody Iowa that would, or something. Yeah, I yeah. think he's somebody that would speak to the young guys, and I think they'd really respect him. I think honestly, I because I really do think the NFL guys respect him. I think he's just a, he's a very likable coach, and you can tell he's passionately wants to win. It's just that he was just dealt a bad hand. Like I, Detroit, you know, a lot of people were actually big on Detroit this year. There was a lot of money that came in on them to win the division. I, and if they were having just an okay season right now, like if they were three and four, I would say there was still a decent chance they could. Because I, I'm still not sold on Minnesota, even though I think Minnesota has talent. I'm just not big on Cousins. Detroit is the worst defense by like a mile this year. It's, and you know what's funny is Cousins, the only game he's lost this year was that Monday night game, and he always loses on Monday night against the Eagles. He's It's just so funny. Yeah. Just don't play that guy on Monday again. And then the last trade story we have here is a trade that didn't happen, but apparently the Los Angeles Rams tried to uh, make a big splash here like they've done in the past. Um, they don't care about draft picks. That's been their thing the last five years. Always trading them, trading for Jalen Ramsey, trading for Von Miller, all kinds of moves. Um, they offered two first-round picks for the Panthers' Brian Burns. So the Panthers have said, we don't want to trade Brian Burns. He's going to be part of our franchise going forward, one of our star players. Um, really good pass rusher for them. Um, but other teams were interested to, when the Panthers were looking like they were going to trade everyone. Um, two firsts is a lot. Um, but here's the thing. Here's probably why the Panthers rejected it. The Rams don't have a first-round pick next year because of – all the moves they've made, I think is still part of the Stafford deal that they're paying for. So they had to offer the 24 and 25 first round picks, which is uh you lose value when you're going that far in the future. So um, if I was the Panthers, I still would have taken it because I think they're still a year away. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that would have worked out for the Rams. Cause I don't think Brian Burns makes them a competitor. Maybe he makes them a playoff team, a wildcard team. Um, and maybe they're like, well, we're going to, that's our thing is, get these star players and then keep them. Um, it is definitely something that they're missing from the team right now, the Rams. Uh, I think it, you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey, that works, but you also need like a star pass rusher on the edge. Um, so I think that's why the Rams are trying to do it. But So maybe it was more for the future as well. But yeah, did not happen. So, so yeah, the Rams actually ended up not doing anything, which is you know, to be expected. All righty. All righty, ready to uh, wrap up our sports podcast. You've been listening to episode 295. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Yes. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later.